You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Feel like who art Ed? Mr. Wood, Art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Henri Matisse. Henri Matisse was born in northern France on December 31st, 1869. His father was a successful grain merchant. In 1887, Henri was well on his way to a successful, respectable career when he went to Paris. He was going to study law and was actually working in that arena for a while, until the age of 20 when he had appendicitis. His mom gave him a paint set so he could have something to do while he recovered, and he decided to become an artist. While Matisse described taking up painting as finding, quote, a kind of paradise, his father was deeply disappointed. In 1891, he attended art school in Paris. He studied at the Académie Julienne under William Adolphe Bourgereau, which is interesting because Bourgereau was sort of the antithesis of what I think about in terms of Matisse and the avant-garde. Bourgereau was a highly polished figurative painter. I mean, if the ideals of the salon came to life, it would be Bourgereau. He was considered one of the finest painters in the world by the academic community, but he was despised by the Impressionists who were the avant-garde at that time. Now, while he studied under Bourgereau, Matisse was influenced by a number of other artists like Manet, and he was a big fan of Japanese woodcuts, which were pretty popular at that time. Maybe that's why Japanese woodcuts keep coming up in my discussion of French painters from the late 19th century. We talked about it in episodes on Van Gogh and Toulouse-Lautrec. I think part of the reason for that is, you know, these avant-garde artists were always excited about what was new and different. And towards the end of the Edo period, around this time... Japan was still a largely closed-off country, but these woodcuts started making their way out into the world. Now, Katsushika Hokusai is probably the most famous of those UKOA artists, and that's partially because his work is just objectively awesome, but also um, he had distribution deals, so his work was just more widely circulated than many other people's. If you want to learn more about Hokusai, Van Gogh, Lautrec, and lots of other artists, check the show notes. I'll put a few links in there. But back to Matisse. Uh, one thing I would really want to emphasize is that 
While I might say he came to painting relatively late in life, I mean, the age of 20, he was just deciding to become an artist while he was stuck in bed, he really dove into that work. As I said, he went to art school, but he also networked with artists and learned from different artists. In 1896, he went to visit a friend, the painter John Russell, who taught Matisse about color and suggested he check out a little-known artist named Vincent Van Gogh. He even gave Matisse one of Van Gogh's drawings. In 1898, Camille Pissarro told him to go to London and check out the works of J.M.W. Turner. He just kept talking to amazing artists who showed him the work of other amazing artists, and Matisse was soaking it all in. He actually put himself into debt buying works from artists he admired, but he was surrounded by the works of Rodin, Van Gogh, Cezanne. Like, I gotta say, if you're gonna put yourself into debt buying art, those are some pieces to buy because it's a heck of an investment. I mean, those pieces would be worth millions of dollars today, but it may have been a little less sure of an investment back in Matisse's day. In the summer of 1905, Matisse took his family out of Paris to a small fishing village of Calier. This trip would prove pivotal as he and his friend André Dorain developed an avant-garde approach that would not just define a movement, but echo throughout several movements for generations to come. He invited the young artist Dorain to join him and the two of them painted side by side around the village. Matisse encouraged him to move away from natural colors. They applied paints straight from the tube with little to no mixing, put together works with unusual color schemes. Particularly, they often focused on putting complementary or opposite colors next to each other with the idea that the heightened contrast would make the colors seem brighter. Now, this movement was called fauvism, and the term fauvism actually came from a French critic in 1905. Louis Vaucelet was at the Salon and he saw a 15th century sculpture surrounded by paintings by Matisse and Dorain. Vaucelet reportedly remarked, quote, Donatello a milieu de faux, end quote, meaning Donatello among the wild beasts. Like the Impressionists, the Fauvists took the term a critic had used to insult them and just ran with it, transforming its meaning. They were considered to be wild because of their bold use of color. The Fauvist style is a sort of extension of that post-Impressionist movement, further flattening the images, making things more abstract with bolder colors and more expressive painterly styling. Now, just to drill down to a specific work, in Matisse's painting The Goldfish, we see a few different ideas coming together. One of the first things I notice would be the goldfish themselves. They're bright and bold, and he achieves that impact not only in the choice of color for the fish, but the colors that surround them. In the painting, we see he places contrasting colors, or complementary colors, like red and green, blue and orange, next to each other. Increasing that contrast will increase the perceived intensity of those colors. I think it's worth also noting that the goldfish were introduced to Europe from Asia in the 17th century. In the 19th century, many European artists were heavily influenced by Asian art. It was a craze uh, referred to as Orientalism. While most of us consider goldfish to be commonplace, short-lived, and frankly flushable pets, historically, 
they would be seen as something exotic. Matisse used goldfish as a subject in multiple paintings starting in 1912 after a trip to Morocco. Like a lot of Europeans visiting northern Africa, he interpreted different cultural norms as evidence that people there had a more relaxed, contemplative lifestyle. In art history, there's a recurring theme of paradise lost, as people in modern society long for what they imagine to have been a simpler life in some bygone era. Matisse used goldfish as a symbol of that peaceful, more mindful way of being. He had noted that the locals would sit for hours and daydream as they looked into their goldfish bowls. Matisse dreamed of making art that was, quote, a soothing, calming influence on the mind, something like a good armchair that provides relaxation from fatigue, end quote. I would say the goldfish kind of hits that mark. It's also got a bit of a dreamlike quality. The space is flattened and becoming more abstract. Matisse plays with perspectives, showing us a top and side view of the fish. He painted the tabletop as if it were tilted, making it hard to imagine that it's actually bearing the weight of that fishbowl. I mean, really nothing seems to have mass. He simplifies, distorts, and abstracts the plants so they become a pleasing decorative element, melting into the background like a wallpaper. This ambiguity of space is what made some of Matisse's most brilliant works stand out. Just as in his Red Studio or in the dessert Harmony in Red, he paints us a picture with familiar objects, but as our eyes begin to move away from that central focal point, the real world seems to drift away and we're left in this soothing, abstracted space. As my eyes follow the curved lines and organic shapes in the floral design, it creates a sense of movement, much like the graceful swimming of a fish around the bowl. As Matisse intended, the work's relaxing, with a calming influence on the mind. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.